DNVR Broncos podcast coming to you live from Studio C today. Studio C, Zach and I at home on a uh, rainy, dreary day here in Denver. I can't believe how long it rained yesterday. That's just uh, that's out of the norm for us, Zach. Yeah, just getting us ready for Seattle Seahawks week one. I don't know if Denver is ever going to not stop raining leading up to that game. Because again, Ryan, we got another rainy one. And it's it's June. This is supposed to be summer, Ryan. Training camp starts next month. Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy. I mean, um, I was on the golf course the other day. It started hailing. And then it was like windy and freezing. Then the next day, I was like, oh, this day's supposed to be nice. I'll go today. Then that day, it was windy and freezing. And then Didn't last you get night, caught on the golf course? Um, in the hail. <laughs> just in a, oh man. What's crazy is I was on the tee box. So it was me, Henry, Allie, and Eric. And I was on the tee box and it was like not even raining. Um, or maybe like a little drizzle. And then all of a sudden I heard like a loud like on <laughs> the t- brim of my cap. Oh no. And like it like splattered, you know? Like yeah. And I was like, what was that? And then all of a sudden it was just like, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I hit, I actually hit my shot um, and then ran to the cart. And I thought that was going to be it. But of course, Henry then runs out after and hits another one in like the full on hail. <laughs> and did you just stay in the cart for a while? Yeah. Um, smarter people would probably advise against this but we just went <laughs> we went under like a big like tree canopy mm, yeah um, you, you went right next to a metal pole and held on to it yeah yeah uh no we, we went under like a tree we weren't like right next to the, the base of it it was just like three trees around each other that kind of created a, a a little umbrella for us and henry's saying that his was a bomb that he hit i think Can mine you was confirm? too i don't remember honestly i was trying i was trying to find cover <laughs> and then, speaking speaking of well, get, wait what were you gonna say so i was gonna say then last night we go to the abs game epic game of course um so much fun and and oh, man my, i have like a, a tried and true perfect strategy never fails um you go to breckenridge brewery after the game you wait there for 30 minutes you have one more drink or if you, you know you're done drinking you just wait and chill and you know, watch the TVs or whatever. 30 minutes on the dot. Every time everyone clears out, you get an Uber right up to the door. You don't have to worry about the rain or anything, whatever. the. But some of the people we were with, I won't throw anyone under the bus. We're like in a rush to get out of there. So they're like, we got to go. We got to go. So we're like, all right, let's try and order one. So we order one. He's like, well, I'm on the corner of Auraria and 11th. Like, meet me here. So we're, like, running out there through the rain, all the traffic, dodging everything. He's like, I'm I'm like, are you headed on – I was like, all right, on 11th, are you on – are you headed – or on Auraria, are you headed towards the city or away from the city? Which side are you on? He's like, I'm headed southwest. And I was like, no, you aren't. <laughs> You're either headed east or west, away from the city or towards the city. He's like, I'm headed – away from the city so i'm like okay like we're looking around then he's like wait no i'm headed towards the city i'm like oh my god (laughs) then all of a sudden we look down rides canceled oh no and you're just getting drenched we're just getting drenched i mean it's just pouring so we're like what should we do what should we do like now it's like says like 17 minutes till the next uber (laughs) we're just like scrambling so we're like let's just hop on some scooters and just just get out of here you know like just try to clear the area and find a place where we can, uh, you know, go find a better spot to get picked up. But, like, somehow we get split up uh, on the scooter. So then we're just like, just send it home. So we send it a mile and a half home in the sco- wow. on scooters in the pouring rain. Wow. And Are you crazy. still drying off? Yeah, basically. I, the, the most important thing to me um, was my Kale McCarr sweater. Um, mm-hmm. Because once those, like, logos get wet, they can get kind of warped. So I was like, got home and I was like finding like shoe boxes and stuff to like stack on top of it. So it would lay flat. Um, yeah, that, that was the uh, events of last night. Although also Allie literally drove through like probably a, at least six inch deep puddle. And wow. like, I just looked over. There was just like tidal waves coming off. Of I was like, Oh my God, please don't fall. Please don't fall. <laughs> and, and it didn't uh, bottom out the scooter. 
that's what I was, I was just, I thought she was going to hydroplane out and like yeah. fall into the puddle. And I was like, this yeah. is, is going to be a nightmare. Wow. And it all turned, that, that's why you just need a golf cart. You need a golf cart for that city living life. Oh, that would be, that would be mm. sweet if you could do that. Yeah. All right. I mean, in, in, in the matches today, you could just buy Tom Brady's golf mm. cart and, and have all that money go to charity. Yeah, that's very true. By the way, let's talk about that for a second. Who are you supposed to root for in this? Um, because it's kind of like, it's like a lesser of two evils thing. So you can root for like old rival Tom Brady. I've always said like, <clears throat> my hate for Tom Brady is really just that he seems like he sucks. Um, I, he's I have, fake. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I have no feelings about him as a football player because the Broncos own Tom Brady. There um, go. Aaron Rodgers, I, I guess I used to like him. Um, but this whole saga has, especially since it didn't end with him being in a Bronco, <laughs> uh, which we, you know, the Broncos got the better situation anyway. Um, but it's really after that, after that was over and like he bamboozled the Packers into paying him so much money when he said it wasn't about the money. I'm out on Aaron Rodgers, out on Aaron Rodgers, not to mention the immunization BS and all that. Surprise, um, surprise, I'm out on him as well. Yes, you're very out on him. Okay, so that's one team. Then you have, like, the Broncos, I would say, arch nemesis right now. Like, the number, the final boss is what I would say he is to the Broncos right now. Like, the number one most difficult player for them to beat, and obviously in the division, in Patrick Mahomes. Um, never beat him. He's, uh, it's the opposite of Tom Brady. Broncos, Yep. Never, never lose to Tom Brady. I mean, they have, but uh, <laughs> they never beat Patrick Mahomes. So that one's tough. I know some people say, oh, I can't really hate Patrick Mahomes. He's, no, I hate him. Um, <laughs> uh, and then the one person that I think everyone loves, Josh Allen. Like, yep. That's the only thing that's kind of pushing me that way. Also, yep. old versus young. I'm going to go young. Um because I think I could still, uh, I could still call myself on Team Young here. Um, so that other thing, I don't like. I, I don't really like it, but I think I have to go on in Mahomes. Oh, see, Ryan, you just broke the uh, the cardinal rule there. You you laid out the the true points of both sides, but there's just one you can't get over. You cannot be rooting. For Patrick Mahomes, you just you can't do it in in any context until the Broncos beat him and take over the AFC West. He is the number one enemy, and that's just a hump that you can't get over. As a group, man, Josh Allen makes it so so tempting to root for them, but no, you can't do it. And as much as I think Aaron Rodgers is overrated, and Tom Brady is just doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth, you gotta pull for the old guys here, Ryan. You can't pull for Patrick Mahomes. Oh, this is this sucks. Um, because then you're also pulling uh, for his brother and all the drama that comes with that. Wow, I didn't think about his brother. I'm thinking like. Um... Like, I want Patrick Mahomes to play so bad that he embarrasses himself, kind of like Tom Brady did the first time they played. Um, but Josh Allen is just a stick and just carries them the whole time. Mm, man, that would be fantastic. And uh, how about Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady both rip their pants at this? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And yeah. Aaron Rodgers, too. Yeah, yeah, there we go. And Josh is just perfect the whole day. <laughs> Maybe, like, Patrick Mahomes withdraws last minute, although – is this pre-recorded? I kind of feel like it's probably pre-recorded. Is it live? I don't know. Um, I think it's live. I bet they're going to be doing probably so live. much live betting stuff. Um, That's true. You're right. It's live. My bad. Um, That was stupid. Uh, I hope that Patrick Mahomes withdraws last second and Chuck has to stand in and play <laughs> with, with Josh Allen. Then they would be the most likable team. Oh, man. They'd be the most likable. They would also definitely be the most likable to lose this. Yeah, I mean, Chuck's made some improvements with his swing. Okay, okay. I, I, I trust you. You're the golf guy. But, uh, man, from where it started, I don't think yeah. uh, you necessarily move too far up with improvements. Yeah, well, one place where the Broncos had a lot of room for improvement was energy at practice. And we talked about it a little bit yesterday. Um, but 
you wanted to kind of single out two guys in particular who you feel like are really driving what I guess we'll call like a culture change uh, for the Broncos at practice. Yeah, exactly. And we've known Kareem Jackson is the chirper on the Denver Broncos and really has been since he got here. Everyone on defense loves that he's that guy. Uh, Even when the Broncos had Von Miller, Von Miller wasn't really that sort of player on the field. Kareem Jackson is a guy that is going to go back and forth with other teams. He's going to go back and forth with his own team at practice. And Ryan, the Broncos haven't really had a chirper on the offensive side. Emmanuel Sanders, maybe the last one uh, that, that that was truly known as that. But come on, the, the Broncos offensive players haven't had the juice. They haven't had the backing in order to be chirpers. Uh, maybe Tim Patrick a little bit here, but it's not like we were seeing Tim Patrick uh, and Kareem Jackson go back and forth these past couple of years at training camp. No, maybe here or there. But Ryan, in the first four practices of OTAs, we've already started to see a great friendly rivalry go on between Kareem Jackson and Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, essentially the guy leading the offense and personally I absolutely love it because you need juice. Uh, you, you you want the energy brought in. It's great to talk about energy and juice being there, but guys actually have to do it and have it in order for it to be there. And these two guys have made that happen, whether they're going back and forth at each other or whether they're just pumping their side up. It's fantastic. And on top of that, I love that it's Nathaniel Hackett because what do we say and what have we said for five or six years? The, the team is going to take on the identity of either their quarterback or their head coach. Now, I think we've certainly seen the team rally around what Russell Wilson brings in terms of the energy, uh, the work ethic, the drive, uh, not settling for anything other than than uh, great standards. But Russell Wilson on the field, uh, and he, he's a little corny, as we've talked about. So it's great that the team is taking on a mix of Nathaniel Hackett's energy with Russell Wilson's work ethic, and I just love the little competition that's coming between Kareem and Nathaniel. I like to let me play devil's advocate here. Um, for years, we've heard about how Vic Fangio is too attached to the defense. He's too, all he cares about is defense, and it's it's annoying. You know, if the defense gives up a touchdown on the last play of practice, it's oh uh, one one more play, one more play <laughs> until they get a stop. You know, and everyone really hated that. And and obviously, as the offense struggled, it made it an easy target um, for people to say, well, yeah, the head coach only cares about defense, so it's no wonder that the offense sucks. And so when you tell me about this rivalry between Kareem Jackson and Nathaniel Hackett, I'm hearing, well, Nathaniel Hackett considers him himself part of the offensive side. Yeah. And, of course, he's the play caller. So that makes sense, just as Vic Fangio was the defensive play caller. But it's a little bit of the same in terms of shouldn't Nathaniel Hackett be rooting for Kareem Jackson if you had that true head coach nature? Yeah, 100%. And, and it's a great point that you bring up. If we bash Vic Fangio for that, we should be bashing Nathaniel Hackett for it. But mm, I'm going to give him a couple of years leeway. And also, Ryan, the thing is, this is such an offensive-driven league that I'm okay with the Broncos going full in on offense and the head coach just being focused on fixing the offense this first year or two or three. But you're 100% right, Ryan. When I asked Nathaniel Hackett what he thought of Pat Sertan's interception yesterday, he was kind of speaking just from an offensive standpoint, not an entire team standpoint. Here's what here's what he said, and, and tell me if you get this same tone. He said, we have to fix some things up on offense on that one. We messed that one up. We have to keep running on that. But I thought that was a great reactionary play for him, and that was the first pick of OTAs in the offseason. We're going to be hearing about that, but that was a heck of a job across the board. The defense is coming along really well. Obviously, they have played together, and they've done a nice job. It makes us better. It makes me better. and makes the whole offense better it's great to see that competitive nature out there yeah and look this is 100 human nature and like i said i'm playing devil's advocate here um it's obvious obvious human nature for the guy who called the play 
to want the play to succeed. Like, (laughs) there's nothing. I have no issue with that at all. But I'm just saying, can't have a double standard. So, here's what it comes down to. How's the defense? How are they going to be in the season? Because if the offense is all of a sudden good, but they're losing games 35-34, it's going to be pointed out. Like, oh, Vic Fangio left, the defense struggled. Now the offense is good, but now you have, you know, fix one leak, another one pops up on the other side of the boat. So you have to be careful with this stuff. But, I mean, he's legitimately referring to the offense as we and (laughs) essentially referring to the defense as them. This is the exact same thing we saw just the other way around. I think you made the best point. This is an offense league. More offense is better. Yeah, exactly. And so just devote all of your resources to that. And Ryan, we talked about this just for a second last week. Could Kareem Jackson be the surprise veteran cut on this team? And man, after talking to Nathaniel Hackett yesterday, unless something drastic changes, the answer in my head right now is absolutely not. When asked about Kareem and the banter and the energy and excitement he brings, here's what Nathaniel Hackett said. He said, I love me some Kareem. I love his intensity and competitiveness. I think that's something that shows up every day. You get out there and this guy is heck. He may be as old as me, but he plays hard every snap. He gets into it. He's taking, he's talking nonstop. He plays the game like it should be. And I love that about him. I love chirping back and forth with him. It brings energy and excitement to practice because that's real football. Ryan, that doesn't sound like a guy that's going to be cut in uh, two and a half months. No, no, he's, he's not getting cut. And, and like I, you know, we talked, I just threw it out there because I was like, yeah, I mean, that's the position that it comes from uh, yeah. in so many cases. Um, but he plays a position that not a lot of players play on the team. I've brought it up before dog. He's a dog. Uh, yeah. and you just absolutely need it. You need his energy. You need his tenacity. Like, I think that's the number one word. Um, I want guys on my football team. This is going this is going to be a non uh, non PC non 2022 football comment. I want guys, I want guys on my football team who are who are um I I can't even find a good way to say it. Who are like out there hey, wanting to inflict pain hmm. on, on people. When Christian sets foot on the field he's saying like i'm going out there to destroy someone and sometimes his own teammates get caught in the crossfire because he's just so wildly aggressive out there he he has that old school mentality of like i'm out here to hurt you again no one wants to hear that and and i think maybe he would even say like i'm not trying to hurt guys uh but once that switch kind of turns on in his head he's trying to hit you as hard as he possibly can if you get hurt uh, that's just the cost of doing business. So yeah. that is an invaluable thing. And I don't think anyone else on the defense has it. I think you're, you're a hundred percent right, Ryan. It, it, at its heart, football is a violent game. And yeah. now the, the rules have kind of tried to take some, a lot of the unnecessary violence out, which I think is a, is a really good thing, but yep. you hear guys, you, you, Still here, guys, and I think guys are tiptoe around it a little bit now just because of, of where society and the game is now. But you heard guys saying, in between the whistles, I'm going 110%, and that is literally what Kareem Jackson does. It's crazy when you see him compared to other defensive guys just standing around. Ryan, he looks like a small cornerback. He is not a big guy, and that's just something that I remind myself every time I watch him make a big play or fly around there with just zero fear is this guy – for if anyone else was was his size playing, they're just they're tackling like Zach Stevens tackled in high school. They're grabbing shoes, they're grabbing shoelaces, trying to t- trip you. That's what they're doing. They're not flying around like he does. Uh, and then so so you're 100 percent right. He brings something that no one else on the defense does. Yeah, and, and and again, I'm with you. Like I'm glad the game is safer today. I'm glad we've taken out some of the stuff um that not only hurts offensive players but hurts defensive players you know guys leading with their helmet all that stuff it's really dangerous uh and i'm glad that's out there but like kareem jackson plays like he does not give a damn about life after football and that's scary but other teams have it you know what i mean um it seems like every team has a guy 
who plays with reckless abandon and just throws themselves around. And if you don't have if you don't have it, which again, I wor- I worry for him, but if you don't have guys like that on your team, you're missing something. And, and teams that do have it will have your offense a little bit more, you know, tepid rather than uh, the way that you know you can inflict that on the other on the other team. So yeah, it's kind of one of those things. It's like eh, I, I don't know. There's not a great way to talk about it, but uh, you need it. Yeah, you, you certainly need it. And Ryan Kareem Jackson, when talking about Nathaniel Hackett and chirping back and forth, made a really interesting comparison. And I'm curious what you think of it. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, where if you bet $5 on either the Warriors or the Celtics in tomorrow's NBA Finals Game 1, you get $150 in free bets in your account right away. That's right. All you have to do is bet $5. You get $150 free in your account, regardless on if either team wins. And you can use that money on the rest of the finals. You can put it on the Avs to win. Ryan, I believe both of our bets cashed. Yes, no. Mine cash yesterday. Yours is looking good after the Avs one since you went with the Golden State Avs parlay, which I love. Man, what a game to be at. I almost, when I was looking on DraftKings at the Avs game last night, there was there was one prop that was like, will a team score 10 plus goals? And it was like plus 1,800. And I was like, nah, team's not going to do that. And after the first period, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should have taken that over at DraftKings. Sports. It had to be more than plus 1,800, maybe plus 18,000. May, yes, maybe maybe that that's that's what it was. Uh, yeah. But heck, maybe I'm putting you know plus over seven goals for one team tomorrow. I'm certainly going to be taking the over. What a fun game! And they make it fun over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, I had a take that uh, even got made into a clip, which I'm I'm now taking heat for. Where I said I think the Avs defense is underrated uh, in this series, and that it's not going to be that easy to score goals. I have to be I have to be honest I'm not I'm not even coming off that take like I thought they had some fluky goals two of their goals were just terrible rebounds from Avs goaltenders it wasn't the defense's fault um so I I'm not coming back off that yet I think I think uh obviously the Avs offense was insane um got a I would say a fortunate call on the offside although it sounds like rules experts are saying Kale kind of used a loophole there, which he's smart enough to do that. Yeah. Um, But either way, like, I felt like they, it seems like all playoffs, the Avs have just gotten some really bad bounces. And I thought last night was was that too. I I love seeing that they can play with them in a shootout. Like, they played their game last night and beat them at it. Um, I would rather see them. Tighten it up a little bit. I, I that open play was so stressful because even when it's seven five, I'm like, yeah. I don't feel comfortable at all. If it was three yep. one, I would be like, I feel great. You know what I mean? Yep, a hundred percent. Now, we, do we have an update on Darcy? No. Uh, last night, Bedner said, I have no update. He could be back tomorrow. Okay, great. And of course, it's it's hockey, so his injury is pretty much just listed as something on his body is hurt. Up, upper body injury, UBI, <laughs> right. as they call upper it in, in the UBI. hockey world. Man, Which it is sounds <laughs> like something you don't want more than just an upper oh. body injury. That is true. That sounds like something on the lower body, actually. Yes, uh, <laughs> but if you want to get in on the fun action of these games, head to our, head to DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this offer and a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's code DNVR over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only minimum. $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, what else we got? Remind you guys to come down to the DNVR bar, hang out, um, elect every single time. It only kind of increases as the series goes on. So if you couldn't go tomorrow or last night, go tomorrow. Um, I guess the next one is Saturday. Uh, just you got to make it out there. It is so, so electric to be at the DNVR bar for a game. Um, of course, if you're a DNVR member, you get 22 ounce beers for the price of 16, uh, which is just something we love to do. Like we do raffles. We uh, we don't talk about that a lot on this show. Uh, raffles at every game. So you get your raffle tickets when you come in. 
We'll give away like sweet Breck beer or sweet Breck brew gear. Um, sweet, obviously DNVR shirts, uh, all sorts of awesome giveaways. So come down, hang out, be a part of it. Even if you're not an abs fan, which, you know, if you're not a hockey person, just hop on the abs bandwagon. I'm, this is my, I'm giving you a permission card, uh, yeah. to hop on the abs bandwagon right now. Time is kind of running out for you to be able to like fully enjoy this, but right now is the time come down to the DNVR bar. Have a great time. And speaking of giving things away, Ryan, you guys know we love Breckenridge beer. Heck, it is the beer of DNVR, and especially in the DNVR bar. But they are giving away tickets to every single Avs home playoff game through the Stanley Cup Finals. If the Avs just win three more games, they will be in the finals. And what they're giving tickets away for is community stars. So go to Breckbeer or Breckbrew.com to nominate a community star and send them to an Avs playoff game. They're giving away tickets to every single game, plus swag, plus Avalanche Ale. And they're also giving portions of every single Avalanche Ale sale through the playoffs to the community fund Boulder County to benefit the Marshall Fire victims, which is so cool. Breckenridge is giving back to the community in multiple ways. So check them out. Find out the closest Breck Brew by going to breckbrew.com and nominate a community star there. Also find the Breck Brew closest to you. All right, Ryan. I said that Kareem Jackson made an interesting comparison because Kareem, just as much as Nathaniel Hackett loves Kareem, I think Kareem loves Nathaniel Hackett but he compared Nathaniel Hackett to someone that mm, I don't think is very well loved in NFL circles. So when asked about chirping back and forth with Nathaniel Hackett and the energy and passion Hackett brings, here's what Kareem had to say. He said, it's different. I got a little taste of it in Houston when I was with Bill O'Brien. He was the same way. And I love it for him to kind of go back and forth with me with the energy that he brings every day on a consistent basis is a sign of a great leader for us. It's a lot of fun. I think it kind of gets everybody going. It gives us something to look forward to daily rather than everybody just being quiet. Sometimes that kind of stuff gets old for me. It's all fun. It's one of the things I look forward to daily. Hmm. Um, I think Jose is probably responding to you there saying, no, he doesn't <laughs> want to hear the Bill O'Brien comp. And <clears throat> I actually don't think they're all that similar. Now, Kareem obviously has a much better um, uh, perspective on that than me, but I don't think he's saying like they're the same coach. I think he's just that like loud, energetic, yelling in like a positive way, getting everyone fired up. Although, but I think B.O.B., uh, is more negative. Like he'll scream at people when he's upset and freak out. We obviously saw that on hard knocks when he was on there. So I don't love the comp, but I, I like what, <laughs> what Kareem's saying there, you know, like it, him, those two going back and forth again, to me, just goes back to fun. That's fun. Like, you know, like even if you and I were just like playing beer pong, it's more fun if we're chirping at each other, you know, 100 percent, 100 percent. It's annoying when you're playing against someone and, and they can't take the heat and yeah. you're like, no, 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 don't just be pissed. Give it back to me. Right. Like I want you like doing like dances and stuff behind the cups to try and distract them because it makes it all that sweeter when you catch yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It does. And it sprays up in their face. A yeah, little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like. That, you know, it just, it makes it more fun. Friendly competition out of practice. Honestly, you know, you want competition to be as turned up as it possibly can be at practice without guys taking it too seriously, you know, um, guys getting hurt or even just like fighting. Um, so you want it to be, you want that competitive nature turned up. You, you know, we used to see DT and Chris and Akib. Uh, and Emmanuel going at it like all day. Uh, and it just, it, it, it turns, it just, it's one of those things that has a positive effect on the long run. Like you just, you end up playing, you know, you end up practicing a little harder, a little, you praying, you're a little more dialed in at practice. Um, so I think that's exactly what Nathaniel Hackett is trying to promote is just like, he's trying to get those guys, you know, uh, competitive against their teammates wanting them to be able to have bragging rights at the end of the day when they go into the locker room. A hundred percent. You nailed it. And in terms of the, the Bill O'Brien comparison, I also think you're right, Ryan. What, what, what were those things in, I think English class or 
maybe it was science or math class. I don't remember it all. The where it's two circles and just a little part overlaps. Oh, you know a Venn diagram. A Venn diagram. Yes, I think Nathaniel Hackett's one circle, Bill O'Brien's the other, and literally the only overlap is um, them getting like their team fired up and energized in practice because Bill O'Brien, you, you said it perfectly, he comes from a negative space, and that can motivate and energize the team and guys. Nathaniel Hackett comes from the complete opposite side. They just happen to meet in the middle. But it also shows you just how Nathaniel Hackett, his energy can work in a way that gets people fired up because we know the screaming and stuff can get guys fired up a little bit. But it really works from a positivity uh, standpoint as well. And and Ryan, we're, we're sitting here. Today's the first day of June. Every practice we've seen so far has been in May. And it's been more energized than any training camp practice I can remember the past couple of years. What's training camp going to be? How ready are these guys going to be come week one? Look, remember, going into last year, we were talking about, is this team ever going to get a September win in the Vic Fangio era? Now, last year, they broke that. But it was kind of just, okay, well, training camp's not really energized. Are these guys ready for the season? The guys are going to be so ready for this season. Yeah, uh, ready. I think, the, honestly, the word ready is really important um, in this context and for this team. How many games did we watch where it just didn't feel like they were ready? Um, and almost every single time I thought back to that goddamn 49ers practice, uh, which comes up on this podcast a ridiculous yeah. amount, but I just, they weren't ready for that practice in the same way that the Niners were. And the Niners walked all over him. And the reason why it comes up so much is because we don't go to other teams' training camps. So we never have um, a, a barometer to compare what we're seeing to. We just we compare it to other seasons of the Broncos that we've seen. But we saw a Super Bowl contender come in and prepare a certain way and attack practice in a certain way. And so every single time when that Vic Fangio-led team uh, and I use the term led very loosely, um, went out there on the field and just looked meh early on. I was thinking about that. And it's like, how, how did he not notice this? That was my big, that was my biggest thing. It's like, how did he not notice that? Like, Oh, those guys came in with all this energy. They walked all over us in our house on our team's field. And now they're out there and they're like really good. Meanwhile, we just like mosey out to practice, joking around, uh, and there's no music and everything's slow, and our team sucks. Like, I realize it's not always a correlation causation type of thing, but I just feel like you had to have noticed that. And so, ready, that term ready, I think that is the biggest thing. I think that Nathaniel Hackett gets this team ready for practice, He and he's going to have this team ready for games and they're going to come out of the tunnel, like, you know, just losing their minds and guys are going to be shoving each other on the sidelines, getting fired up. Uh, and then when that, when that ball is kicked off, they're just going to be, a, it's going to be a different dynamic. They're going to be ready. And here's where I truly believe that it can last and not just wear off on guys and get old is because it's 100% authentic. And I think that's the the big thing here is that Nathaniel Hackett's being himself and guys easily can read through when players aren't players and coaches aren't being themselves. And that's not going to happen with Nathaniel Hackett because he is extremely sincere about all the energy and juice that he brings. Yep. Yeah, the, the players know everything. They know who can play. They know who's real. Uh, they know who um, prepares. They know who watches film. They know everything. So you can't sneak anything by them, in my opinion. Um, and you're right. I think they're they're buying into this because Nathaniel Hackett is just – I mean, he might be the most authentic coach in the NFL, legitimately. Yeah, like, yeah. I even think Bill Belichick – is doing a bit um, when he goes up there. Like, he's not yeah. actually that grumpy. He's not that big of a curmudgeon. In fact, people that know him say, like, he's funny and charming. And there's that um, NFL – did you see, like, clips coming out of – I don't even know what it is. It's like the 70 some, – some anniversary thing that they're doing a series on. Bill no. Belichick is on the panel. And he sounds so – 
good. Like when he's talking, there's like these clips of him like breaking down football and talking about players and he's getting excited and like talking about things that are, are awesome. And it's just like, oh, yeah, he's he's not like that. Nathaniel yep. Hackett, he's an a-hole to the media. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we spent hours with Nathaniel Hackett off camera. He was the same guy. With more, color, with more colorful language. Yep, 100%. <laughs> and like you said, Ryan, players know that. They they, they see it. Uh, and speaking of players... That's the one, the Ed Reed clip. He's talking about... So just really quick. Uh, it's a Peyton Manning, Ed Reed clip. And he's talking about a time that Ed Reed tricked Peyton Manning into throwing him an interception. Are you, are you familiar with it now? You saw yep, this clip? Yep, yeah. Yep. I saw, I saw the clip, but, but I, I didn't uh, hear the commentary from Bill. Oh, the commentary from Bill is like, I think Jose said it perfectly. He sounded like a fan. He's like, I think that's the best play I've ever seen in my life. Like just like <laughs> losing it. Cause he, like Ed Reed knew the Peyton knew that he was going to, if he went one way, that means he was going to the middle. And so he like turned his hips towards the middle and he knew that if he did that, Peyton was going to throw the nine. So he wheeled right back and went and picked it off. And it's just like, wow, uh, that, che- that type of chess match between two first ballot hall of famers. I don't know if Ed was first ballot. I can't remember. I think so. I think uh, so. Is that's the good stuff. I mean, and if you can outsmart Peyton, Props to you. Yeah, you, you deserve a little round round of applause there. So Ed Reed, uh, and it, that also did not happen in a Broncos uniform, right? No, it was yeah, yeah. it was Ravens. So it's okay. It, do, it doesn't hurt as doesn't hurt as much there. Uh, and, and Ryan, speaking of players, um, never or being right mentally about everything, Lloyd Cushenberry is really, really making an impression on the Broncos, specifically Nathaniel Hackett. You know what a Kahoot is, Ryan? I saw James Palmer's tweet about it, but I, I don't know what this is. A Kahoot? Uh, I didn't know what it was either until uh, Nathaniel Hackett talked about it yesterday. But a Kahoot is a game-based learning platform used typically in schools. I think it's just called Kahoot, not a Kahoot. Oh, yes, yes. A Kahoot. No, yes. Kahoot. Uh, But it does have an exclamation mark. And this is something that Nathaniel Hackett saw his kids doing in school and said, let's incorporate it with the Broncos. Just doing these little things differently. And uh, their their tagline is making learning awesome with an exclamation mark at the end. And when I see that, I just think, man, this is like the perfect thing for Nathaniel Hackett. This fits him so well because just the the excitement that comes with it. But anyways, Nathaniel Hackett's got the, the entire team doing these cahoots to test their knowledge of the offense, situations, the playbook. Uh, and they do this daily. And uh, you know who has never lost a cahoot in the offensive line room? Lloyd Cushenberry. And just think about the guys that Lloyd is surrounded with. There's some pretty smart cookies in there, including Calvin Anderson, who we know he's like one of the smartest dudes in the NFL. Yet Lloyd Cushenberry never loses these cahoots to him. And I think it's a small thing, but I think when we're talking about the center position, how important that is to know everything that's going on. And I think that's going to be so important, not just to Nathaniel Hackett, but to Russell Wilson, because we heard KJ Hamler last week or no Javante Williams last week say, Oh, if I don't know where to go, um, Russell, tell me what the play is. If I forget. And it's like, Oh, ha ha funny. Like a running back can kind of forget things. And that's like cute and funny. It's a center. Can't forget things. The center has to know every single thing. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and it's so valuable to have a guy. I mean, you already have one. Russell is going to know every single thing about the offense. If you have two, and obviously those are the two most important guys on offense to know that stuff, it's actually really, really valuable. So, wait, we have a Kahoot veteran behind the scenes right now. Kale, um, <laughs> can you come on and tell us a little bit about uh, a Kahoot? <laughs> it's just like an online like testing platform i guess where like you compete against other people in your class and you can set it with different settings to like who finishes the fastest and stuff 
I don't know. It's just like hilarious. I I hadn't read this on Twitter yet. So I literally haven't used this since like early high school. So it's just hilarious to me that they're using Kahoot at the Broncos facility. <laughs> that is great. I, I feel like uh, if they could have turned school into a competition like that, I might have done a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. I would have enjoyed it a lot more. And here's what Hackett said about it. He said, we do a lot of different testing with the guys during meetings. We have these fun cahoots tests that we'd like to do. And he wins, Cushenberry wins every single one of them when the group is in there. There's a challenge to all to all of the offensive guys because we're trying to figure out how to find someone to beat him. But he's doing a great job. His knowledge of the system and his understanding of it gets better every day. That That's big time. Um, even just the way that he's talking about that, like they're trying to find someone to beat him. Like it's like stump the Schwab. You remember that show on ESPN? Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that show. Um, I, I'm blown away. I'm blown away because it's not like I didn't think Kush was smart. Like you have to be one of the smarter guys to play center in the first place, but I didn't know he was like, he, he was like that. Um, and obviously there's some natural ability involved there. Like you just have to have a good memory, but he's clearly grinding. Like he, he clearly really cares about this really does not want to lose his job. And that sounds silly, but I'm sure anyone listening to this podcast has someone at their job that they know doesn't put in the work. You know what I mean? They, they coast by and collect a paycheck and, you know, they have enough natural ability to do whatever, uh to to get by whereas that happens in the nfl too i mean there are so many guys who don't put the work in so just the, that right there tells you 100 unequivocally when lloyd cushionberry comes home comes home he studies the playbook and he says no one is taking my job and that's exactly what he said yesterday. He said, every night I get home, I use flashcards and study to be on point. As a center, a lot of people expect the center to know everything. You have to be smart. You don't get a pat on the back for being smart as a center. You're supposed to do that. That's what I try to do every night. I get home, and the first thing I do is watch film, study a little bit, and take a little time off. Before I go to sleep, I do the same thing. It's an every night process. And when I when I hear him say that, Ryan... It just makes me think of, okay, that's what great quarterbacks do. And we know Peyton Manning was doing that. We know that Russell Wilson is doing that. And if a center's doing that, man, unless they are really bad on the field, that's just going to give them a, a big-time upper hand. And then on top of that, Ryan, when, when, when we're at practice, all I see is Lloyd Cushenberry taking the center snaps. When, when we see right guards and right tackles and left guards rotating, Lloyd Cushenberry is the one that has not changed. And this was something where I thought there was going to be a legitimate competition. I thought Graham Glasgow was going to get some snaps. I thought Quinn Miners was going to be getting some snaps so far. I mean, the, the, Lloyd Cushenberry is the Broncos' starting center, and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Respect. I, I just love that. I love that he <laughs> says, I'm not losing this job, and, and is doing everything he can to make that a reality. Um, a couple things from the comments here. John here asking what I was drinking. I was drinking a, uh, a protein shake. Oh, that's what it, it looked like. At first, I thought it was a nice coffee, yeah. but then it looked like a really, really frothy iced <laughs> coffee. So I'm thinking homemade Frappuccino. Uh, I know John came in and said homemade ice cream. Then he said a frosty beverage. So that makes sense. Yep. And uh, Police Chief Wiggum says, we don't care, but someone did. Um, also, <laughs> that, that reminds me that yesterday, uh, my Uber driver to the stadium um was a uh, a former cop he said <clears throat> and um he used a phrase that i i just think everyone um uh, is using these days he said uh yeah sometimes people come in here all crunked up on the magic <laughs> <laughs> now what is he referring to there holy uh, cow i think he was just referring to smoking weed uh <laughs> And so he was just like, yeah, you know, they just come in here all crunked up on the magic. And I was like, God, I got to work that into my daily vocab. And if you want to get crunked oh, up hey. on the magic, <laughs> hit up our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, where you can use the code DNVR for 25% off each purchase. And they've got Ripple over there, which is a fast-acting dissolvable 
clinically proven to hit two times faster than the leading gummy, so you can get crunk up on the magic even faster than you than you would before. Uh, it starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every single time. So check out Ripple uh, and their fast-acting dissolvables, and check out Light Shade Dispensary. And remember, use that code DNVR for 25% off. Man, it's almost noon on Wednesday. Time to get crunked up on that magic, Ryan. <laughs> God, what a, what a great phrase! Like, and like, I think he was actually quoting someone. He's like, "Yeah, they come in here telling me they're all crunked up on the magic," and I was like, "Literally, no one has ever said that until you no. right now." Could, could you imagine one saying that to someone you don't know? Two <laughs> saying that to someone you don't know whose car you're getting into. And they're about to drive you somewhere. I feel like if I were to have said that to an Uber driver, they would have been like immediately get out of my car. Yeah. Another thing from the comments, Tier uh, Tier Thompson earlier said, I have an autographed DT jersey. What do you think it's worth? Then he said, I would never sell it, by the way. Then just now he said, I have an autographed DT jersey. Who wants it? So I feel like uh, mixed messages here, but I, I want it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think want it. <laughs> yeah. What a what an awesome legendary jersey to have. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, all right. Do we have any super chats we need to hit? I don't, I don't believe so. so. Not okay, not cool. that I've seen. And if one pops up, we will get to it. But first comment coming in from Bronk Euler. He says, as an Edmontonian. Uh-oh. DNVR Uh-oh. fan. I'm obligated to correct Zach on the location of Edmonton and give you guys a quick education on Canada. We're not that far east, but right above Montana and Idaho. We also happen to be the northernmost major city in America. Yes, I was wrong, Ryan. Even after looking it on a map, I still didn't know where Edmonton was. It's actually further west than we even are. Uh, and it is really north. And it's also really pretty because it's really north. So I imagine Wait. it's pretty darn cold. Wait, you looked at it on the map and still got the location wrong? Exactly. Yes, yes. As a as a true American, as we were saying, just didn't even know where it was at all. I so I, I I really want to do this TikTok. I don't. I hope no. I know Henry's watching now. Although Henry from Montana, maybe he actually knows that. Um, I don't want more people to know where Edmonton is because I I feel like no one has a damn clue. But I also didn't someone yesterday just chime in saying Saskatchewan is right above Montana. Yes, like, I is think it possible so. that they like border each other both above Montana. So what's Edmonton Edmonton in? Alberta. Alberta? Alberta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess it could split it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's enough for the geography lesson. Oh, no. There's more, Ryan. He says, a quick guide for you Americans unfamiliar with Canadian cities, most of you. Uh, Vancouver has over 2.5 million residents and is basically a shinier, newer Seattle. Calgary need, has about a... What? I need that Stephen A. Smith um, meme where he goes, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> he says Calgary, one and a half million people. Edmonton, 1.4 million people. And it's like an Austin Portland vibe. And then he goes on and says, second, what a game one to open up the Western Conference Finals and can't wait until the series makes its way to Edmonton. Avs fans were loud, but Rogers Place and Oilers fans are a whole no. different animal. No. Can't wait to have the best arena in the NHL shaken as we host the Avs. I was in the sold-out arena for a Game 5 away watch party, and the atmosphere was like none other I've experienced. Can't wait to hopefully top that and visit the DNBR bar when I watch the Broncos play San Francisco on September 25th. Well, I agree with that last part. Don't agree with the parts before. No, maybe best fan base in Canada. We wouldn't. There we go. The best fan base in Alberta. Oh, that's a shot at Calgary. No? Okay. Well, shots fired, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Next one here comes in from Dan Burke, who says, hey, guys, can we talk about Kendall Hinton real quick? saw the highlight reel the Broncos put out of yesterday's practice, and he was featured pretty heavily in it. A couple of reporters have mentioned him as a player that's been standing out during the offseason, and Russ name-dropped him during a presser a little while back. Do you all think he makes the roster? And what is his role if he does? Part of me thinks this is leading up to a Trinity Benson-style trade before cutdowns, but maybe Hinton can actually contribute on offense. What do you all think? Yeah, I mean, Kendall Hinton truly is really impressing with, with when he's on the field with Russ, when he's on the field with Josh Johnson. He's making plays. He, he seems to be uh, just a very trustworthy receiver. So that Trinity Benson type, absolutely. And 
if they're not able to trade him, I do think he makes the team as a potential sixth, seventh wide receiver, which is crazy to say, but that's where they have depth. And Ryan, Dan Burke mentions the Broncos highlights yesterday. Did you see them? No. Oh my goodness. It just it reaffirmed. Cause sometimes after, after practice, I'm like, maybe I missed something and the offense wasn't as bad as I thought. Oh my gosh. I was happy to see these and also a little disgusted to see them because it, it was that, I mean, the highlights they're showing the best ones are from Josh Johnson and Brett Rippon. I mean, uh, n- no kidding. I think the play of the day that I told you was a little five yard, seven yard out to Tim Patrick with Cortland Sutton on him. And that, that was the one that was a pass from Russ on the highlight reel. It was, it was tough. Wow. Um, I think, I, I think the uh, Kendall Hinton Trinity Benson thing is funny. Um, just cause like we always use past stuff to predict the future. Um, and he ha- he's the best candidate for it, right? Um, yeah. But I think they like him. I don't know. I think Russ likes him, and I think that makes a big difference. The problem is it's just such a log jam at wide receiver. Let me just ask you this. Um, so, okay, let's go through the wide receivers. Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, and I'm going to put Montrell Washington in there as a lock. Is yep. that, are those the locks? Am I missing yep. anyone? Nope, you got him. So that leaves one spot, I would say, uh, for Kendall Hinton, Seth Williams, Tyree Cleveland. Anyone else that I should nope, mention? The, <clears throat> Travis Fulgham was mentioned Travis yesterday, Fulgham. but yeah. um, no, Ryan. And and to answer your question, Kendall Hinton is that next guy, and well, it's not even. It, it's not even close right now. Um, Tyree Cleveland, Seth Williams, not not even close to the Kendall Hinton range. So Kendall Hinton isn't a lock, but I mean, he is in that tier with no one else with him. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Is like, I know that some people really like the upside of like a Seth Williams or a Tyree Cleveland, and I'm just like, Neh, I'm good. Yeah. Um, like, give me Kendall Hinton, who is consistent and gets open and knows the offense really well and can help on special teams. I know all those guys can, um, but I, yeah, I, I think Kendall Hinton has a stranglehold on that. And, you know, he's the one who's played out of those guys and, and made plays on the field. So. Yeah, I completely agree. Beham Bronco says, Hey guys, just re up for another year without hesitation. You got me again question about inside linebackers what has the rotation look like so far the name we haven't really talked about is Alex Singleton he seemed to always be around the ball in Philly but with Jonas Griffith killing it at the end of last season where does he fit in this scheme also did you guys see the a new couple weeks or the news a couple weeks ago about the dysfunction with the executives of the Raiders organization many of their high level executives have been resigning over a multitude of problems I know the business and football sides of the NFL can be separate but I feel like this didn't get talked about enough in Denver or national media yeah I mean it probably just has to do with the fact that the Raiders are pretty irrelevant um but I did see it and it doesn't surprise me at all they've always been a dysfunctional organization yeah, I mean, I think they're on their third president and team president in the past three years. They they just have turnover going on, and that does just smell spell uh, disarray, and it also smells something wrongs going on in their organization. Yeah, not to mention um, like two first round picks uh, in jail, uh, I believe. Um, then you've got that entire one draft class is off the board, pretty much. Yep. Um, the previous head coach, I guess two two previous head coaches ago, John Gruden, um, is he had his whole thing. I mean, there there's a lot of stink coming out of there. Yep, yep, not surprising, not surprising. And, and Alex Singleton, uh, you're kind of spot on, Beham Bronco. Jonas Griffith and Josie Jewell so far are the clear starting inside linebackers for the Broncos. Alex Singleton's getting into the mix with that second team, and that's kind of how I expect it to go, unless Jonas Griffith, uh, you know, really falls off. But so far, he he's got a good hold on that starting job. I saw Alex Singleton as like Jonas Griffith Griffith insurance. If he doesn't mm. step up and you know really get the defense down and find himself in the right place at the right time, um, then I think they might give Alex Singleton a look. Jose said um, Philly fans hated him. I didn't 
personally get that from from you know who I talked with, um, knowing people that are Philly fans, but they didn't love him either. It was almost kind of like a Josie Jewell relationship. Mm, yeah, and it, he he is a guy though. You're right, Beham Bronco. That's always around the ball. I mean, the past two years he led the Eagles in tackles, which is kind of crazy that the Broncos are able to sign him for a million dollars. Yeah, he's one of those guys that's just limited, you know. But yep. he he does what he does well. Yep, exactly. Mark It Snatch says, "Hey guys, with how much Wilson mentions Tim Patrick more than any other wide receiver, can you foresee a scenario where he has more production than the rest of the receivers? And what would need to happen aside from injuries, Touchwood, for that to occur? What? Okay, we'll start with that one. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's of course possible, and I would even say like the odds wouldn't wouldn't even be all that dramatic." Um, I think if you're setting odds on it, it would be like Cortland Sutton plus 125, uh, Jerry Judy plus 170, and Tim Patrick plus 185 to lead the mm. team in, in catches or whatever you want to, you know, wh- whatever stat you want to put it at. Um, and I would like, I would tell people on the betting show, like, ah, I kind of like the value on Tim Patrick here. Um, because the only thing, one, only one thing has to happen. One, one thing has to happen for Tim Patrick to lead the team. Be Russell Wilson's favorite, straight up. He's going to yeah. throw to his favorites, and as and as long as you're making plays, he's going to keep throwing to you. And you know we've said it from day one. It feels like Tim has a piece of his heart already for whatever reason, uh, and we know that Tim makes plays when you throw the ball his way. So that's the only thing that has to happen, and I don't even feel like it's that difficult for Tim to pull that off. No, I, I completely agree, Ryan. I'm I'm right there with you. So great question, Mark IT Snacks. And then he also asked another one says, What New York Giant has been ignored by the Hall of Fame? We gotta stop this series. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, I can tell you about the Broncos that have been ignored by the Hall of Fame all day long. Um, but I don't know nor do I particularly care about the rest <laughs> of the league. You don't care about the New York Giant that's been snubbed, Ryan? I don't care. I don't want to care about the Hall of Fame ever. It's true. Um, I because if you're not caring about the Hall of Fame, it means that the Broncos don't have any snubs. Yeah, and, and like I've always said, the only reason I care about it is because I know the players care about it, and I care about them. Uh, and I learned that from just being around Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the Hall of Fame is a is just I hate it. I hate the the process. Uh, I I. I hate the discussion that surrounds it i hate that the broncos are constantly snubbed um and so i wish i could just say like i don't ever want to talk about the hall of fame it's just uh, i think they need to change the process uh, a lot more guys need to get in and for whatever reason we got to get rid of this anti-broncos bias which obviously they're we're on a, a little bit of a run right now with peyton and champ and uh you know you, you've had a few in the last few years steve of course but it's the, the the where the Broncos because a franchise in terms of NFL lore is not represented in the Hall of Fame. One hundred percent, you're absolutely right, Ryan. Next one from T Wood says, "You guys talking about haircuts reminded me of the pod where RK asked Zach about what do you think about DJs, and he said they cut your hair. Love you guys. Oh man, we love you too, T Woods. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> what was it? I was like, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say DJ? And you said, uh, cut your hair. <laughs> It still is the first thing that comes to my mind because my DJ, my my hair cutter, his name was DJ for about 20 years of my life. (laughs) He goes on and says, quick question. I know Broncos do half price tickets for single seats. Was just wondering if you knew if Seattle did that as well from British Columbia, Canada was going to go to the game myself and didn't want to spend a ton. Thanks. I would think that this is a a NFL thing, but I'm not positive, Ryan. Yep. Uh, I know as much about the Seahawks ticket process as I do about the <laughs> New York Giants Hall of Fame snubs. Actually, actually, I think that this may only be a Denver thing, not not necessarily only a Denver thing, but a Denver thing, because I think when the city uh, agreed to pay to build the stadium or agreed to pay to build some of the stadium, they had this agreement with the Broncos that, okay, a certain number of tickets have to be half price to the community in order to give back to the community. So I don't know if Seattle has that as well, actually. 
Respect. Um, do we yeah. know what day that's that is? When does that happen? Uh, sometime in June. That doesn't really help. All right. Also, I'm help. pretty sure sometime in June is when London tickets go for sale. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll know more about that before it actually happens. So stay tuned. Yep. And exciting news on on just like the traveling tailgate front. Um, do we get to know? I'll just say this. Nashville is feeling very likely. Oh, baby. I love it. And that's only what two weeks after London. Yeah. London, Nashville. Um, and I- I'm thinking maybe one more uh, will hit and do like a big out of town event. So if any of you guys are going to those games, um, yeah, should be dope. Oh, man, I love it. Nashville in the middle of November. I'm a big fan of that. And, Ryan, we had two Super Chats come in. First one from John Kravitz says, Zach was awesome on Broncos weekend. Thank you very much, John. And I, I got to give a shout out to everyone that that watched Broncos weekend, but then was in the comment section on the Broncos YouTube channel, giving me love. It, w- it was awesome. You, got, you guys are the best out there. And I know it's pretty much all you watching now. So really appreciate you guys. That's super dope. That yeah, I mean, sh- show the show everyone how uh, how you know sh- how uh, we we support each other in this community. exactly exactly, and just shows how cool this community is. So thank you, John, and thank you, everyone. And then Cage Stone says, "Hey guys, I'm currently stationed in Germany, and I'm coming to Denver to watch the first Broncos game against the Texans. Can't wait to stop by the bar for a few drinks." And you hit us with a big super chat. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate your service. We can't wait to meet you in Week Two for the Broncos season opener, season home opener. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you so much. And speaking of that, that was also uh, part of my meetings yesterday. We're gonna we're gonna try and crank up the tailgate experience a little bit this year too. Not not that they weren't awesome last year, but um, you know we're always just trying to be bigger, better, cooler. Um, and so that's uh, that's another exciting little little tidbit for you guys. Oh, I can't wait, Ryan. This season is going to be off the chain. It really is. All right. I think that's all we have time for today. Uh, Appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. Um, We, of course, will be back. Hit us with a thumbs up on YouTube on your way out, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.